The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined by Jerry Karaya. How you doing, Jerry? Feeling good, Jeremy. How are you doing today? I am doing very well. Today we're going to be discussing uh, the question of if Jerome Powell can defend the Fed. Um, why don't we start off with that headline that's going on? We also have the FDIC, by the way, also in a very defensive posture, but um, and and a lot more other things about currencies. And, of course, the importance of owning physical gold and physical silver in times such as these where you're seeing a lot of volatility, a lot of geopolitical risk and uh, instability in the markets. But let's talk about Jerome Powell, Jerry, and the Federal Reserve. What happened this week? Mm -hmm. Well, on Tuesday, uh, some of the central bankers from around the world, they got together in Stockholm, Sweden to... Uh, to discuss the independence and really they made a it was really on defending the case for central banks and what they've been doing over the course of really history and really looking at the birth of central bankism and and their role and we we got a chance to hear a speech by Jerome Powell so it's important to know that central bankers were there Tiff Macklin was there our, our Bank of Canada um, governor and really everyone's just focused on their on what what the central bank, what their role is, and why they should be defended. Um, and this was, this was their spe- this speech by Jerome Powell on his address to everyone. He said he will address three main points. First, the Federal Reserve's monetary policy independence is an important and broadly supported institutional arrangement that has served the American public well. He didn't mention the 40-year high inflation, Jeremy. (laughs) Secondly, the Fed must continuously earn that independence by using our tools to achieve our assigned goals of maximum employment and price stability and by providing transparency to facilitate understanding and oversight by by the public and their elected representatives in Congress. Third, we should stick to our knitting and not wander off to pursue perceived social benefits. So he was really addressing the climate change and the ESG move to, um, you know, climate change projects. So he really that, stamped, uh, uh, he didn't really support that initiative one bit, but back to... Is that a little bit of rules for thee, not for me? Well, he said they're not going to fund it. We're not going to be putting too much pursuit or focus on, on these initiatives, these climate agendas, as opposed sure. to what... You know, I don't know if you guys saw in the in the news um, how Christia Freeland was in the news. Our deputy prime minister was really called out for the two billion dollars that they actually got approved for two billion going towards a non-existent corporation, and she cited she was saying that you know we have to do this. It's because of Biden's uh, Inflation Protection Act. We really need to act quickly now. Now we need to save. The economy. We need to save the environment, and they passed two two billion of taxpayers' money towards this ambition. But they're going. Our government and central banks are going full force towards a climate agenda. But Fed Powell says he's not really going forward in it. Okay, let's let's uh, step back a, a few paces on what he was saying. Um, 
first of all, this is a defense of the Federal Reserve. So they got out there and central banks in general. And the question is, right out the gate, why do you, why do central banks need defending at this time? Because if they've if they've done their job so well, then they w would be beyond criticism. So the question is, is why do they need defending now? Well, he did mention, and um, among other speakers, they had the Bank of England and they had other banks, central bankers that were out there, and they did address that there was a growing concern of factions out there that are critical of the central banks. Rightfully so, the central banks do have that dual mandate, as the Federal Reserve mentioned. Their job is to keep inflation down and employment up, and they're doing neither. And actually, this is a time where we're going to be seeing the central banks more in the news, Jeremy, because right now this is central bank reporting season. The Swedish central bank just reported about a $14 billion loss. The Swiss national bank, another $147 billion loss. And we have to also keep in mind keep in mind what's going on with the Bank of Japan, the Black Swan. They've been printing currency over the course of 25 years. They were they, they were the ones. They were the grandfathers of monetary insanity. And and we have to get into that story as well. To me, it's just curious that they would decide to have an event like this and defend themselves, defend their positions. This is something that they usually have to do in front of Congress, not something that they would do to get a little bit of a spectacle involved. Um, maybe there's something else going on at this meeting that we don't know about, but when the Fed is trying to defend itself against, um, of, of wanting to be independent, that's something curious right out the gate, because what we know of the Federal Reserve is that it's not only independent, at least as we know it, it's private. It's a private consortium. And anyone who's read Edward G. Griffin's It Came From Jekyll Island, A Second Look at the Federal Reserve, knows that it is a private institution, that they print the money, create the money, and give it, and lend it to the treasury at interest. And so we have to pay interest, which is why we have um, which is why we have income tax, because mm -hmm. if you have to pay interest, where are you going to get it from? You have That's to right. tax people to do it. So yes, hey, we all know that there is a group of growing group of people, hashtag end the Fed, um, that began with, I, I think, Ron Paul, maybe at least yep. he wanted to, to audit the, audit Fed, the and, Fed and get the exposure on it and say, hey, are these guys really doing their job? Now, if they, again, going back to the idea of if they were doing their job so well, how is employment doing? How is inflation doing? And why do they have to mess with the numbers so much? Or do they get to just blame the government for those things? Mm -hmm. Yeah, passing the buck, and that's exactly what they're going to do and try to kick the can down the road. But it's a very important time to really realize that these guys are backpedaling. They're defending themselves and their control and the, mon the monopoly that the central banks have over the creation of money. And I just want to bring to the table something from lewrockwell.com by writer Thorsten Poliet. He does a great job of summarizing while Karl Marx, the author of the Communist Manifesto, loved central bank's idea. Marx's measure number five or plank number five read, centralization of credit in the hands of a state by means of a national bank with state capital and an exclusive monopoly. This is rather a, a, a a punch because especially at the time when Marx formulated it, precious metals and gold and silver in particular were actually served as money. And 
ever since then, we've seen central banks in Sweden and in England removing uh, the gold away from the money, the monetary system. And lastly, in, in August 15th, 1971, Marx's vision became true. The United States single-handedly terminated the, the gold standard. And so gold, the currency of the civilized world, was officially demonetized. And the fiat money system was established. Since then, all currencies around the globe represent fiat currencies, representing money creation by circulation credit expansion, not backed by real savings or deposits monopolized by central banks. So we're on, they feel that, I think they feel that they're on the last days, Jeremy, when society as a whole, when the formulation of ideas, when you have senators talking about, in hush, talking about potentially bringing back a gold standard. And I, I forget the, the name of the lady who was um, appointed on the Fed's board. Um, Judy Shelton? Judy Shelton. She discussed at length the importance of a Did gold standard. Did she end up getting on the board? Um, or she was elected. I don't know if she was right. nominated. Yeah, she was nominated, but I don't think she got confirmed. Right. right. We'll see. She's yeah. still in the picture. She's still pretty <laughs> vocal on, on, on the Twitter world. Well, I, okay, I don't think they're going to successfully defend it. I don't think their actions are going to be successful. I think we're looking at end game territory here where mathematically, you know, ha let's say as an example, Congress can't raise the debt ceiling or they refuse to raise the debt ceiling and therefore they can't lend the money to the treasury. The treasury is going to have to sell treasuries. Who's going to buy them? Well, no one's buying that. So it's going to be the, the Federal Reserve, the, the buyer of last resort. So their, their balance sheet goes from whatever it is today, eight trillion, something crazy to what does it happen? Double? If it right. doubles, right? It goes up another three, four, five, six years. It's all been baked in the cake. It's all been baked in the cake. The, the money has already been printed. Uh, or digitally created, the banks are going to get into trouble again. Where are they going to go? Are they going to go with the Jim Rickards idea of um, the uh, what is it? The reserves from the world. What is that called? When um, special drawing rights. Thank right, you. SDR. Yeah. Are they going to go with an SDR? So you've got the central banks, the central banks. Are they going to come in and swoop and try to control things? Are they going to try to? try to do a fast uh, switch out like Indiana Jones style and say, well, we're going to go to a central bank digital currency. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you now, and this is, this is something we're going to have to get into in the next uh, segment, Jerry, this dooming on central bank digital currencies. People just believe they, they don't have a choice. And I keep telling people, look at the pedal, look at the backpedaling. Mm -hmm. Exactly. This is a case in point of why you shouldn't be dooming that there won't. And where does that go to from there? It's not as though switching to another currency successfully gets rid of the debts no not at all you still have to get rid of the debt somehow so i i don't think that this is this is a successful plea this is a major panic in that's happening in the central banks especially with what's happened in the federal reserve over the past uh, three years jeremy uh, powell did go on to say in this in this speech on the first point which was the case for monetary policy independence he says it lies in the benefits of insulating monetary policy decisions from short-term political considerations. He's saying he wants to insulate from the politics. Independence from politics brings responsibility. We, we the people, were the, we should have been the ones to vote if we actually wanted to base our currency and pay more at the pumps. We didn't vote on that. It was definitely political. Oh, so in, in some ways then, Jerry, what, what we want to do is we want to replace the word independent with power. That's right. If we have more power, 
then that's what they think of as independence. And it was political pressure. It, wasn't it political pressure to print $7 trillion for COVID relief, which defied their mandate of being independent from political considerations? Oh, no, we have to rush it through. We have to rush it through, like Christia Freeland says, quickly. Get it done before something happens to fight the carbon that the trees need and the Biden Inflation Re Reduction Act. Sending $2 billion of our funds to a company that doesn't exist is absolutely crazy. But back to Powell's assertion that the Fed needs distancing itself from short-term political goals, he should be saying short-term personal, as Fed insiders knew exactly where the relief funds were going and then bet on those stocks. At the beginning, of, <laughs> look at these headlines from Wall Street. Oh yeah, we did those. We did a, a series of shows. We kept talking about how all of these Fed insiders were insider trading. October seventeenth, and the Atlanta Fed president Rob Kaplan bought low and sold high in twenty twenty as the Fed bailed out Wall Street. Here's another one, July fourteenth. Fed Chair Powell on hampering trading scandal investigation. Here's another one. The Fed's Board of Governors is blocking the release of former Dallas Fed President. Rob Kaplan's trading records. Here's another one, October 21st, 21. A forensic look at Jerome Powell's pants on fire explanation for his $1 million million stock sale. Goldman Sachs refuses to say if it was placing trades for Kaplan as materially false, a materially false statement released by board on Kaplan's relationship with Goldman Sachs. This is intra insider trading. They're backpedaling. They're panicking like never before. And this is a show. You gotta pop the popcorn, Jeremy. <laughs> Keep popping the popcorn. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. It's all about physical precious metals. Gold and silver are the peak of an inverted pyramid. That's Exter's pyramid, a central banker who created that, by the way. Wow. Uh, give us a call. We can help you put physical gold and silver into your registered account, like an RSP TFSA. You own it directly. It's held outside the banking system in an IROC-approved vault security, fully insured, backed by Lloyds of London. Or you can just buy it direct. It's a great place to start. You can go to the e-store at guildhallpreciousmetals.com. More to come on The Real Money Show here on AM640. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. I didn't think I'd probably quite see the day when central banks would be panicking like this. But I guess when you run up your balance sheet and start insider trading and have people start waking up to what's going on and how the money system works, and perhaps it's shows like this, Jerry, where we educate people every week on the the value of physical gold and physical silver and how it is real money. And to take, to take a, a phrase from one of their own, J.P. Morgan, Gold is money and all else is credit. That must have been the biggest slip of the tongue. <laughs> and they, and he would have been shushed in today's day, day and age, but it got out there. He, he told the truth. And when you have the money, when you've got the, the money pr printing press in your backyard, you're going to use it to the nth degree. And now we find ourselves, we're going to, we're going to transfer over here and segue from central banks to the, um, federal insurance. Uh, deposit insurance, because that came out this week. There was an FDIC meeting that somehow made its way into the public about what they're going on. And 
there's just more panic there too, isn't there? Mm-hmm. And brought to us by G. Edward Griffin, the the man who wrote The Creature from Jekyll Island. This is a must-read and a, just to understand the creation of the monetary system, the, the fiat monetary system in the Federal Reserve. Uh, the meeting was the FDI, FDIC's uh, they, they discussed uh, 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 on the committee. They held a meeting in November, actually, to discuss how the next market crash would occur and what steps would need to be taken to ensure not everyone tries pulling their money out of the financial system at the same time. The FDIC Systemic Resolution Advisory Committee, they held a meeting and talked about the steps to be taken just to avoid that particular that type of disaster, as we saw what happened in, in Canada uh, a couple of years back when Christia Freeland locked out bank accounts, everyone rushed and tried to pull their money out. But uh, one of the members claimed that although institutions will soon be able to figure out the dire implications of what's being discussed at the meeting, the general public should not, because that would lead to unintended consequences. And Edward G. Griffin just continues to write uh, on this on this member of the FDIC. He says, I would be careful about the unintended consequences of starting to blast too much out of this out into the general public because people need to understand they can get bailed in. You don't want a huge run on the institutions, but there are going to be. And it can happen at an early warning signal to the FDIC and primary regulators when these when these things happen. Edward G. Griffin talks a lot about the type of banking system we have here globally around the world. It's a fractional reserve system, which means every, let's say, $10 that you deposit in the bank, the banks can then take nine of those dollars or 975 of those dollars and lend them out. But if everyone wants to take their deposits back, well, the entire thing fails. And this is a this is a very important meeting that these that the FDIC members and remember the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation is supposed to cover the losses if there is a loss of one person or a family or a trust. You know they will cover that entity, but it does not have the resources to capitalize everybody for losses. And the same goes for CDIC, the Canadian Deposit Insurance Corporation. I wonder what they're saying today about uh, about this meeting here in Canada. Yeah, I mean, look, it, you can say that banks can can lend out a lot, and then there's also the fact of how much cash is actually in the system because we have gotten lazy to that fact. That's sort of the put the idea of the push behind a central bank digital currency as well would be well, it's convenient. You know, everyone's convenient. It's all about the 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 ones and zeros in the bank mm-hmm. and that it, it doesn't even have a currency attached to it. There's not right. enough cash to actually cover that. And so, yeah, if you had a bank run, that's a problem. You, I, I would say, I would think a modern day bank run would would be people going out and buying stuff, not necessarily trying to get cash out of the bank, but just saying, I'm going to just buy stuff. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's a type of run that they would be concerned about as well. Uh, this this whole This whole meeting... I don't know what kind of widespread um, uh, appeal it's gotten in terms of it getting out to the wider public, but the whole thing kind of seems like a CYA kind of deal, panicking, where we don't have the tools to to cover this. I remember in 2008 that uh, before the the collapse, you had the, the... you had members of the FDIC saying the same thing. We don't have enough to cover. And remember back then, the banks were all being absorbed. You had 
banks closing, but they were also getting absorbed and the biggest survived. But that was a daisy chain. And I think that's also something there that central banks and FDIC would be concerned about is if you have some sort of contagion and it all just starts to collapse. And to add to that, that you can have Mm bail-ins. We've seen them. You could have, you could have, um, capital controls, right? In some places we already see them. We, we see hear stories about clients saying, I can only take out so much money. The bank won't let me, or I have to make an appointment. I have to schedule it. It's going to take forever, but it's your money, right? But they don't have it available. Right. And I guess if you're not, you know, where do they, where do these banks get the cash from? Right. They don't like giving it and they don't want to take it. (laughs) Right. So it's tough to get cash now. That's without any capital controls. Then you've got, oh, you can't buy a certain amount with cash. You have to report it. Remember in Germany, they've reduced the amount that you can buy gold in cash down to like Mm -hmm. $3,000. Right now it's like $9,000, but there they've already reduced it. So trying to get people to make it difficult to get your money out of the bank is one thing with capital controls. And then you have the fact that they would be concerned with a, a collapse and contagion. This thing smells rotten (laughs) and you know it's been ready to go for a long time and i'm not sure if we get through 2023 without without a collapse or a major black swan or if it's in the next 15 to to 18 months but i don't see how we get through 2024 without something i remember in the collapse of 2008 happened in october and it was an election cycle, right. remember? And Obama and McCain had to rush to Washington to to get through TARP. And what was that? That was um, who was who was the guy? Um, Paulson. Hank Paulson goes to Congress. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. And he begged yeah. for the biggest number he could think of: seven hundred billion dollars. He didn't even need it. He just begged for it. And and Bernanke begged for more power. Right. So isn't that what they're all looking? Maybe this is a primer with more crisis. They can get more power. I just don't see people falling for it, Jerry. No. With, with, the, with the tools that they had at their disposal at the time, the bailouts made sense. They had, they had that printing press, the QE1. Quantitative easing was never used. Um, not like Japan, who, was, who introduced quantitative easing, money printing, um, you know, 20 plus years ago. Um, but this is now a move away from the bailouts, which were exhausted back in 2008. It was the banks that went under. But now... Well, saved. Well, they, let, they let one they or let two go, this, but yeah. they saved the rest by, by bail-in. But now it's, it's literally countries now, and it, it, there, there is no other tools be, besides using the depositors' monies that, that are currently locked up in the banking system. Through things like, who knows, you know, GICs, you're locking your money in for a year. You're, you're going to be participating in that all the way through. So, But, Jerry, if, how about this? During the pandemic, it was all about the greater good. The greater good. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't I keep my cash in the bank for the greater good so that there is no bank run and that everything keeps going? Isn't it the greater good to not, take the money out to keep the same fiat monetary system alive like let's not panic everybody don't like 
please uh, ignore what is going on behind the curtain and the right. federal reserve is begging for people to to still like them and they're doing a great job and the fdic please ignore them they're saying a crisis is coming and we don't have enough to cover it and how do we stop people from bank runs but the greater good jerry would be that people don't take their money out of the bank <laughs> I, I beg to differ. I mean, this is us not participating in a system that has just decimated people's people's belongings, our our livelihoods. The purchasing power of our very money was just been, has been decimated through years of loose monetary policy, money printing that bred corruption around the globe, and this is now coming back on the backs of the people to bail them out. This is not a very good idea. This is not something that I'm going to be in participating in which is the reason why I'm arguing for sound monetary policy to be, be returned through the ownership of physical hard assets like gold and silver, which represent your own sovereignty, which re represents your own independence from, from this central bank madness that has gone to a point where I believe it's coming to the very end of the road. I got a signal of this during um, several months back I went to a toy store and they were selling a monopoly. You know, sometimes they make it funny, whatever. This was a monopoly and the whole purpose was was to cheat. And the more you cheat, the the better you'll win. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> and I thought, well, this is what happens when you move away from a gold standard and you destroy the quality of money you will decay the quality of your society and you will end up with monopoly where the goal of the game is to be a criminal. <laughs> Such a great lesson for the kids. <laughs> Let's get into how gold and silver will save us in the next segment. The number 18778silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. We're going to talk about Gresham's Law and how that's going to work towards gold and silver reintroduced into our system and anyone who has it is going to benefit the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com it's the real money show on am 640 you're listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, before we get into helping the audience understand Gresham's Law and uh, bad money driving out good and how you can reverse that process, let's talk very briefly about what's going in, on in Japan and why does that matter right now? There's all I know, I have not followed this uh, closely, but they are buying an extraordinary amount of their own bonds. Is that what's going on? Uh, essentially, so this is what we're talking about here is really not something that's in the media very often. So we have to bring it up. This is the purpose of the money show, the real money show. Uh, this is the third largest economy, Jeremy. And this is an economy that, as I mentioned before, the grandfather of monetary insanity. Um, the Bank of Canada, Bank of Japan introduced QE in 1999 and has never been able to normalize their monetary policy. It's always been loose. They've been printing and printing and printing for decades. They now own more than half, 50% of all Jap Japanese government bonds. The Bank of Japan owns more Japanese stocks than any other entity in the world. 
the Bank of Japan is a top 10 shareholder in 40% of Japan's publicly listed companies, and that has a balance sheet that is equal to 92% of Japan's GDP. They have literally used easy monetary policy to nationalize every asset in Japan. And at this point, the, the, to the point where、um, inflation finally showed up,、uh, the, what they had to do was actually. They put a cap on the yield curve. So they implemented in 2016 a yield curve control mechanism, which kept the yield low on the 10 year bond at 0% target. The Bank of Japan would print new money and use it to buy new bonds. If just in case it rose over 0%, they would just print money.、Uh, and now, what we're seeing fast forward today, it keeps breaching this target. So, it's, so they're trying to keep the needle. On the speedometer yeah. At, 100, the yeah. at 100. They're keeping the gauge there, but the car can still drive past that number. Exactly. And they're just, tr- they're just trying to. It's all imaginary. Right. Yeah. So, like, just like the debt ceiling, just like CPI dropped 1%, everything's up、so、60%, eggs, fuel, oil. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna, I can go on on inflation. But anyway, back to Japan. What they have done, they chose to defend the currency instead of defending the bonds. So, this is a massive turn. They raised the. Target yield for the 10 year government bonds. So they're going to be printing less. It didn't work. They have their printing like maniacs right now. And we are seeing、uh, this money printing to defend the bonds and the yen collapsing. It's going to make inflation worse in Japan. And this is the contagion. This is the black swan that we could potentially see this year alone in Japan. And I did notice that both gold and silver and Japanese yen in 2022 were, were well into double digits, up something like 18 or 24%.、Um, I can get those numbers in just a moment. But the, f- the point here is that this is an example of a society that is going full throttle. On money printing, the c- the and the、bank. currency is being debased. So that's not the only country. US is doing it, Canada's doing it. What happens when、uh, a country debases its currency? In, in other words, talking about Gresham's law here, where bad money drives out the good money. Exactly. That, that's, the, that's the essence of Gresham's Law. Can you explain that a little bit to our audience? So, what we're seeing is Gresham Law's 2.0. Here we go again. Gresham's Law simply states bad currency drives out the good. The law was named this in 1860. It was the financier Sir Thomas Gresham who consulted Elizabeth I after it was noticed that due to his debasement of coinage,、um, which was Removing the amount of precious metals in gold and silver, reducing that and replacing it with cheaper base metals such as coffer, copper.、Um, people had started hoarding coins to melt it down. But also, the intrinsic values, value of these new coins for trading were not internationally recognized. It created huge inflation in England, and therefore, the, the Elizabeth I needed to solve this problem. But we saw this throughout history. We saw this in China. In the 5th century, and we also saw this、uh, in the 13th century.、Uh, Ibn Tamiya wrote If the ruler cancels the use of a certain coin and mints another kind of money for the people, he will spoil the riches which they possess by decreasing their value, as the old coins will now become merely a commodity. He will do injustice to them by depriving them of their higher values originally owned by them. 
Moreover, if the intrinsic values of coins are different, it will become a source of profit, profit for the wicked to collect the small coins and exchange them for the good money. And then, they, and then they will take them to another country. This is where we see the bad currency driving out the good. Taking them to another country and shift the small money of that country uh, back to this country. So the value of people's goods will be damaged. So this is, the de- this is the effect of debasement of currency. Societies just get destroyed. You, you result with a monopoly, uh, a monopoly game where the, the purpose of the game is to be corrupt. So, so in this sense, this, just going back to Henry the Henry the Eighth, he yeah. was doing this to to do two things: funding the wars. Remember, funding both sides is what the central banks have been doing for a long, long time. Not every war, but we've seen majority of the wars have been funded by both sides. It justifies the money printing machine, and it also, as as this writer wrote, um, it, it also supported Henry's lavish lifestyle. So it's it becomes very personal once you start it becomes something that you, you get addicted to. Okay, so in Henry VIII's time, he clips the coins. They did it in the Roman period, too. They cl- he clips the coin. He's the first person who knows that that currency has been debased, and he spends it like crazy and maintains his lifestyle. Meanwhile, the people who have been using that coin realize, wait a minute, this doesn't have value for me, so I'm going to go with melting down the gold and silver coins for myself and hide it somewhere and maybe even go to a different country with them and try to find value. value but right. now I'm forced to use a currency where the value is being depreciated, and so I'm losing out on that. I'm losing my wealth as someone under the king, uh, a peasant, if you will. And so I'm stuck in a society now that's being degraded as the, as the was it 13th century, um, Muslim philosopher was saying. Mm-hmm. And so... And then, of course, the king goes to other countries and tries to rinse and repeat the cycle somewhere else. So constantly taking this this newly created bad currency and pushing out people who who want the value and in its wake is destruction and degradation of the culture and the society. That's exactly what happened. How do we fix it? What did Gresham do to fix it? So it led to inflation and financiers and traders were not accepting the English coinage. So this is the problem, de-dollarization. How does the currency get restored and where did we get the confidence? In consultation, they determined the solution was to increase, once again, the finest in coins to restore confidence in the currency. Under the instructions from the Queen, Thomas Gresham withdrew all the fake coinage from circulation, all the debased coinage, and withdrew them, melted it down, and replaced with newly minted coins with high finest. That was the solution. They brought back the confidence in the currency. Similar to what Russia did, there was a, there was a distrust with the currency. The currency was experiencing um, just just you know, with the sanctions that were put on to the Russians, the currency, the ruble was falling off the, falling down a cliff. They pegged it to the gold and you immediately see the, see the solution at work. And this is how quickly a gold standard or some sort of a gold standard can fix many problems. Many of the bubbles here that we're seeing, the cereal bubbles are now coming to an end. And this is the solution. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. It's The Real Money Show on AM640. We'll be right back.
You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. If you want to own some physical precious metals to protect yourself, protect your family, protect your future economic stance in life, give us a call. We'll walk you through how it all works, and you can hold it directly. You can buy it direct, take delivery. You can do that through the e-store. You can call us over the phone, and we'll guide you through an acquisition, what type of bars or coins might be best for you on a first purchase or a second purchase. Or you can uh, schedule an appointment, come to our office, can do a bit of a show and tell, show you some what a 100-ounce bar looks like, a kilo bar looks like, and get a sense of what might work for you as a first purchase or uh, moving forward with your acquisitions. So we always like to guide clients through kind of a crawl, walk, run um, process where you have to maintain your comfort level. And we know that this is going to be new for many, many people, but what choice do you have? Mm -hmm. And going back to this Gresham's Law and what they did to restore value in their currency, they took all the bad currency, melted it down, and reissued currency that had high quality. Intrinsic value. And intrinsic value. And that that's, that created the switch. And I can see that happening again. One of the biggest myths I keep seeing over and over again is this idea that there's not enough gold. And there is enough gold at the right price. You can revalue it. And it definitely needs to be revalued against the current debts that are out there. If there's you know, 300 plus trillion in derivatives, some say quadrillions, which is a thousand trillion. These are numbers that are actually, actually unfathomable. You cannot, it's like trying to understand how long ago 150 million years is for mm -hmm. that dinosaurs existed two, 200 million years ago. You can't fathom it. You can't fathom it. That's how much money's out there. That's where the system's at. We need to fix it. And one of the best ways to fix it is with something that has intrinsic value. And have you noticed that trend change, Jerry, between, you know, um, cryptos, digital, um, things that were technical, people going after these things that didn't necessarily exist in the real world, and the move, the trend towards people wanting real things today? Mm -hmm, absolutely. It's it's about backing up your assets. It's about backing up what you have. I mean, a currency needs to be backed. The financial system needs to be backed. Look, if you wanted to buy a home, we're talking a mortgage here, you have to put something down. The bank wants something real. You better have something, a good, good collateral to finance the balance of the debt. Well, what is the guarantee today? This is the reason why gold became a tier one capital asset back in just before uh, 2019. This was a big eye opener for me, knowing that we were, you know, you can gold was not considered risk free. Now it's considered tier one capital risk free. It can be used to guarantee debt, and this is this this is the solution. This is one step towards that solution of revaluing the gold price. We know the gold price is much higher; that should be much higher. And there is an argument for the, a shift away from the way it's being priced overseas, and we're seeing that that push and shove. 
But when you have central banks and when you have um, this this era of serial bubbles literally coming to an end, these are all central bank created bubbles from from the tech bubble of the 1990s birthed the the mortgage-backed security bubble. Now we have the treasury bubble, the biggest, the bedrock of the entire financial system, the treasuries now, biggest bubble of all time. So this is going to lead to a move towards something tangible to back this system up or allow it to fall. So I don't see any other solution at this point. They have cornered themselves. They've utilized all of, of the manipulative tools at their, at their disposal, creating um, tightening and, and ZERP and, and all, of these, all of these methods, all of these loose, loose monetary policy methods that have all been exhausted, and we now need to come back to the mean, which is gold. And I, I think as well that there is a, an awakening in terms of people understanding this because you you know you can only have your income tax raised so much you can only have taxes raised so much you can only have this inflation going on and you you can come to a conclusion that well maybe the government isn't helping me and if they offer me uh, universal basic income it's not really helping me uh, this is what we told people a couple of years ago and a year ago is it's not going to work you're borrowing money you're, the government's giving it to you but it's got to be borrowed from somewhere because they don't produce anything so with this wake up i also see that people get um, depressed they see what's going on and they don't know quite how to change it yet and they get a little uh, a little poo-poo about it. We have some, you know, they, they think, oh, we're going to have a digital back currency. There's no, there's no, they're fatalistic about it. And I, I don't believe that. I do strongly believe that if you understand what's going on and you keep learning and you keep taking the action that you can take, like protecting your wealth by not having it in a currency that's losing 15% value every year, but by having it in an asset that's been around for thousands of years. And by the way, it went up something like 8 9% in Canadian dollars last year, 7%. It did very well in the face of a, of a dollar, US dollar bull market. Imagine what it's going to do when the, when the currency starts to fall. So that's our spiel for, for the day. Uh, consider Gresham's Law. Consider how that gets fixed. That's going to get fixed with assets that have intrinsic value, that are precious, that have um, not, that there's a only a certain amount available, and it's been around forever. So how are we going to deal with it? Gold and silver are the peak of an inverted pyramid. Prepare, prepare for yourselves what's going to happen, and be prepared for all of the profits to be made. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, thank you so much for, for joining us today on The Real Money Show. It's always a pleasure. I learned a lot, and I can't wait to speak with everyone next week here on The Real Money Show on AM640. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.